most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. Bats, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. And welcome to the Week 11 Fantasy Flex Waiver Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Uh, I had a decent um, week 10. I went 3-0 on my sides and totals, um, but uh, my props fell apart at the end there. I lost all three on Sunday Night Football. Ooh. I've been like cursed on Sunday Night Football. It's crazy. Uh, and I'm, I'm rooting for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to return ASAP because I'm sick of losing money on these Daryl Williams over 13 half rushing props. Uh, <laughs> last week, I took a break from it, and he rushed 19 times. Last night, it was the perfect game script, and right when it got out of hand, they pulled him, uh, and it was Derek Gore time again. So really frustrating because I feel like I've been, you know, uh, rightfully on Daryl Williams. Uh, it was just, unfortunately, you know, the receiving game last night. So uh, hopefully Clyde Edwards Hilaire can return this week so I can stop being cursed by Daryl Williams. How about you? Uh, <laughs> I think I went four and two on the week, but my two losses were, I mean, they weren't even a sweat. It was, I had the, uh, I had the Browns. So that was over. Oh, pretty much as, like it, it started promising, but that was over immediately. And then I had a, uh, uh, the the Seahawks. That was another one that was over. I mean, it never got started. Um, oh, yeah, that, that was yeah. Had a pretty good cap. Had uh, pretty good cash games. You know, um, I, I think all the receivers and all but one of the running backs got like well into double digits. You know, so it was. A, oh, I had Dak. Um, so it was a pretty good. It was a pretty good week overall. But um, I don't know. It just it was just uh, it was just one of those weeks where it felt like there's just no close games. I think that was the like if week yeah. nine was the upset week. Week 10 was just like the blowout week. It was yeah. just like, it was odd. So, um, but it, it was fun. Uh, I, that's a, that's a brutal beat on the, the Darrell Williams. Um, I did get a chance to play some of those second half props and uh, at prize picks. And I saw that, uh, you know, Williams line went up when, or, you know, his line went up when uh, the Chiefs went ahead. And at first, cause at first I was betting some overs, but then when the line went up, I was like, no, you know what? Let's, we're going to go under <laughs> here. So of course, I mean, he did it receiving. So, but it, it worked out. So. Um, it was a pretty how'd you, how'd you do on the uh, second half? Uh, pretty good, pretty picks, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I did. So I kind of treated it like uh, I kind of made some contrarian ones where I bet against the line, you know, the, the entry moves from the game script, and then I did some ones, you know, some kind of normal ones. Um, and, and I, you know, faded some like Waller and some of the guys who just weren't playing well, nice. even though I would have usually. Um, so yeah, I think you know that's I, again. I encourage people to go uh, check out those second half contests at, at Prize Picks. They're pretty fun. Um, and especially yeah. if you kind of, if you're a listener of this pod and you've kind of heard us talk or, you know, all the other smart people in the industry talk about game script, you can probably get a good idea of how to play uh, and get. Yeah I, was able, in. yeah, I was able to get one in yesterday, a uh, four pack. I just mm-hmm. went straight up power play. Okay. No flex hit all four. <laughs> nice. um, but I, 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 I was making some five packs. I had uh, Dalvin cook over like 49 and a half rushing yards in the second half. I don't know if he hit it, but. Um, as I was trying to enter it, I saw the game was kicking off. So I just missed the boat on it. So I had to scale back, but I was playing around with those afternoon games, uh, because like you said, there were so many blowouts, um, that I was, you know, playing for, uh, you know, the Cardinals to air it out and all these other things. 
Um, so I, I was lucky I missed the boat on the Dalvin Cook one, uh, and I ended up hitting all four. So yeah, highly recommend doing these second half uh, player props on uh, Prize Picks. Yeah, Dalvin. Uh, you know, I, I did end up ranking Jonathan Taylor first, but nice. Dalvin gave him a pretty good run for his money. Down, like, because like Taylor started off so hot, it looked like he was running away with it. Um, yeah. And then almost, I don't know what happened. I, I have to go back and watch the second half of that Jaguars game. It seems like they were just way too close uh, for that second half. Yeah, but, like I said, both Taylor and Cook probably going to do well this week, and they both did well. But, yeah, they, they ended up finishing pretty close when all was said and done. Uh, all right, let's get into uh, – we'll, we'll get into the top waivers. But first, the Monday night showdown slate between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers, Sean – a lot of things going on here. We learned that Robert Woods, unfortunately, tore his ACL in practice on Friday. He'll be out for the season. Uh, Odell Beckham also, of course, acquired midweek by the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, so, you know, you have the captain spot here. You have Kiddo back, healthy. Um, Debo's still here. So uh, what are you doing here in the captain spot for Monday night? Well, so, you know, Cooper Cup is the obvious Uh, way to go here you can't go wrong with that obviously but you're gonna have to get contrarian uh, elsewhere in your lineup Um, so I think if I'm mixing it up on the Rams side I think Van Jefferson or Tyler Higby makes sense in the captain slot Uh, I think all three are going to benefit from not only Robert Woods being out but Odell Beckham just not being up to speed with the playbook Um, so it's going to be a three-man show we'll see about Ben Skronik Um, but I I think you, you can't go wrong with either Cup Jefferson or Higby there I think on the 49ers side, uh, it's Debo for me. I have finally come around um, with what you've been saying. Uh, I've been too low on Debo. And last week, you know, he was dealing with that calf injury. He's not even on the injury report this week. So, um, you know, I'm chalking up last week to the calf injury. So he's he's primed and ready to go here. Um, you know, people might shy away because of last week. They might think that Ramsey's going to shadow him. Um, you know, I'm scared of neither of those variables. So uh, I think Debo makes sense. And, uh, you know, Kittle is back and you can't go wrong with him. But on the 49ers side, I think Debo all the way for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, Debo's kind of been that guy that's manufactured target. So uh, it's Cup and Debo for me. I, I think those are the top two. Um, anyone else, you're kind of sprinkling in there if you're making like a bunch of lineups just because, you know, we talk about receivers. Um, I think, you know, a contrarian one would be Elijah Mitchell just because mm-hmm. it, I think if the 49ers are going to have a chance in this game. A lot of a lot of sharps like the 49ers in this spot. Like I'm not quite there. I think they're they do are gonna have issues on the right side of their line that could just wreck their game. But um, you know, if you think the 49ers are gonna have success here and they have you know beaten Sean McVay, albeit with Jared Goff four straight times, then I think the running game is gonna really have to be at the at the centerpiece of for for San Francisco. So Mitchell's been a guy who's been pretty much dominating the work. And you know, he got five passes last week and Jamichael Hasty is now out. Now they're saying Jeff Wilson is going to mix in more, but you know, he was active last week and didn't get a snap. So it's yeah. one, you know, we know with Kyle Shanahan, you just got to kind of watch what he does rather than what he says. So yeah. <laughs> it's been all Mitchell to this point. And it could kind of be a situation where almost like a Dearness Johnson, right. Where even if they're losing, he might be the only guy like, you know, so um, I think, I think there is a little bit of interest in, in Mitchell as well. Yeah. I love that call. Uh, like you said, his receiving usage, um, should go up with Hasty out. Um, and he's he dominated the the rushing work last week, but they're blown out. So he only ran eight times. So he could be a true workhorse back. Um, I'm wondering if this means it's a sneaky use check game, though. Are we going to see four catches out of him? You think yeah. they use him more? 
I yeah. mean, let's get into it. Let's get into the cheat code. Yeah, cheat code. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's got to be right at the top, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, a slate like this, this is when you use a guy like use check. But I think Jeffrey Wilson is kind of sneaky because, like you said, he returned from injury last week. Um, he's been on the IR all season. So um, he was active last week. Didn't see a touch. But I think with Jermichael Hasty out, uh, it's a perfect reason to get Wilson back involved. So he could inherit, you know, some of that receiving usage. And he's been a touchdown vulture. Um, you know, for the past couple of seasons, it seems like. So wouldn't surprise me to see him just get a handful of touches, but they're going to be valuable ones. So um, I think he's a sneaky play tonight uh, for, you know, leverage against Elijah Mitchell, who I still think is a great play. Um, but I think Wilson could be a cheat code. I think also on the 49er side, Trent Sherfield might be the guy that steps up with Mohamed Sanu out. Um, you know, he's the guy that was kind of like, um, the number two receiver when Brandon Ayuk was struggling early in the season. So I think he'd be the most likely guy to step up. Um, so he's he's the perfect kind of flyer to take in a showdown slate. Um, and then on the uh, the Ram side, I think Tyler Higby, um, you know, he's probably the guy that is the sneakiest benefactor of, you know, Robert Woods going down um, and Beckham, you know, learning the playbook. I, I don't think Beckham's going to catch more than three passes tonight. So I think we could see Tyler Higbeast make an appearance tonight <laughs> and he ran 96 percent of routes run last week like he, he's running a ton of routes that's you know what it comes down to when it, we want tight ends uh, to go off and he has that touch on upside you know he could score two touchdowns tonight uh pretty easily so he could be a slate breaker that's why i think higby uh is the chica on the ram side tonight yeah they they lost uh their second essentially second tight end jacob harris uh last week uh, so yeah, I think, you know, that kind of contributed. I, I think I, I'll go off. Well, first of all, I think the obvious guy is, is Ben Skaronic. You know, he's reportedly mm-hmm. going to start for the Rams because Beckham is not a one for one, uh, woods replacement in terms of the positions they play. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of interesting. I think anytime you're on the field with Matthew Stafford and you're going to start, I don't know if like, I still have Beckham projected for more production than Skaronic. You know, I think they'll kind of look to get him the ball when he's in the game, but, um, it's kind of like, you know, how we started the season you know, with Van Jefferson, we didn't know, you know, necessarily how much he was going to be in the lineup. But I think in like that first game of the season, he caught that deep ball. Um, So, you know, it, it's certainly possible that he goes off. I, it, I don't think you can play showdown anymore without going in with like the backup tight end. So <laughs> Kendall Blanton for the Rams, because the one thing about the Niners is they commit a lot of pass interference penalties. So mm-hmm. that mean, that could mean a lot of first and goal at the ones. For the Rams, yeah. <laughs> and you get that little play action, and the Rams also may they may actually play more two tight end personnel. You know, new new guy in Beckham Woods just went down like midweek, and uh, you know Skaronic is not you know not a guy you probably want to start you know mm-hmm. and play like all the snaps either. So you could see more Kendall Blanton, uh, maybe some Bryson Hopkins. So I think those two guys uh, for me, and then and then on the Niner side, I think Travis Benjamin will be active um, now with mm-hmm. with new out. And he's a deep threat. That's the only, you know, I, I, I think Trek Sherfield and uh, Jawan Jennings may play more, but Benjamin's like their only true deep threat out of those guys. So um, I think I, in, in terms of like a, just a dart throw guy, I actually like him because sometimes you see those guys, like he's only, they're only a wide receiver. So they're not active for special teams, but then when they become active, they, like, he could, he could end up being that third receiver. So um, ben yeah, is, do you, do you, guy like. like, is he returning punts tonight too? You think, uh, after Ayuk fumbled one away <laughs> last week, I, I don't know. Maybe he could, he could. could. Yeah. 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 I do. Like it was a numbers call. game. The reason why he was inactive, like they kept him on the roster. 
uh, this yeah. whole time. So he's been pra- practicing with the team and he's got, I mean, you know, it's Travis Benjamin. That's what he's kind of there for like punts. And he's like, yeah. the, he's like the Deshaun Jackson of, of this team, I guess. Yeah, He's a perfect kind of flyer for the sleigh. I agree. Yeah. Um, now, Skronik picked up like a calf injury, I think it was, on Saturday. Yeah. So he's actually questionable. Well, no, if no, no. He picked that up. Uh, he was he was questionable all week. And, and oh. the report that he was going to start came after he had already been on an injury report. So I assume he's fine. I, okay, I, yeah. I, yeah. Imagine a guy like him. Like, he's going to play through whatever injury comes his way, right? I mean, I mean it, this, this is his chance to start. This is yeah. like, you got to put that Eminem lose yourself on. Like, you got one <laughs> shot, that's, one opportunity. That's and what like, I'm thinking. But <laughs> if he's out, it's going to be a mess. And this, I don't even know who this J.J. Koski guy is, but um, now that's a special teamer. That's yeah, that's he's <laughs> not an option. So I think yeah. they would just force Odell in at that point. But yeah, I think I Skronik Skronik should suit up because this is too too much for him to miss this game. So just want to throw oh, yeah, out there yeah. that he's a, he's questionable. Yeah, no, I mean I saw that too, but once once I heard the report that he was gonna start and he had a, he had already been on the okay. injury report, I'm just like, all right, that it must be one of those. Yeah. All right, uh, that's gonna do it for our Monday night showdown breakdown between the Niners and the Rams. And now joining us for our week 11 waiver segment is Samantha Praviti from the Action Network. Samantha, what's going on? Everything's going great, guys. It was just another rowdy week of football, but uh, I guess that's what we can expect this season. Yeah, I feel like we're at the point now where it's like it's like February, March NBA. It's like where you never know who's <laughs> going to be scratched, who's going to come out flat. Who's going to like, it's just one of those type times of year. And then I mean, so many backup uh, quarterbacks and so many crazy upsets. My Carolina Panthers pulled off an upset. So very, very exciting, Uh, exciting stuff to have Cam back. So I like, I think those Panthers are going to be like, they're the team that you're not going to want to play in the playoffs because they can cover like four, they can man up like four deep at corner. Now they got a quarterback who, you know, can, can keep plays alive and they still got, you know, they got McCaffrey, I guess. It's not going to be an easy out in a playoffs, man. They might like limp into the playoffs like Washington last year. So we'll yeah, see. But once you're in it, I mean, Washington gave Tampa a run yep. for their money and they did, as they did again this week. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's get into it. Let's start with quarterback and we'll start there in Carolina. Uh, Samantha, I'll start with you since uh, we've already kind of alluded to it. But Cam Newton is playing those Washington uh, football, the Washington football team next week. Uh, his implied point total for the Carolina Panthers is 23 and a half. Uh, but if Cam is available in your league, like he is, I don't think he's been officially named the starter, but he's going to take the first team reps, but he's got to be like the top priority, right? He's definitely going to be the top priority. He's only 16% rostered at this point, which I think is somewhat of a, a an artifact of a lot of teams being kind of given up at this point, but certainly is out there in a lot of leagues. And yeah, he had two touchdowns in his first two snaps. So they're definitely going to get him involved, have a lot of design runs for him. And he'll, he'll definitely be uh make a difference for fantasy. I think. And to your point, yeah, they gave him starter money. So I think it's just a matter of um, when, not if. Oh, what did you think of Cam? I know he's only out there for like seven, eight plays uh, last week, but what do you think he'll kind of land in your projections uh, for week 11? Yeah, so he has, you know, low-end QB1 upside. And, you know, this football team has been a defense that we've picked on this year, uh, which is kind of weird because they were one of the best defenses going into the season. But now they've lost Montez Sweat and Chase Young. And the defensive line was the only saving grace on that defense. So this is an even better matchup now for Cam. Um, And, yeah, this offense is kind of reminding me of the Patriots last season 
uh, the past several games, uh, you know, they've been averaging like 160 passing yards. So I, I think, you know, Cam has a much better supporting cast around him than the Patriots last year. He, you know, has DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. Um, and he has those design goal line packages where he's going to get rushing touchdowns. So it reminds me of the Cam last year, but with more upside in the passing game. So I think if he's out there and you need help at quarterback, absolutely add him. Um, you know, QB one uh, the rest of the way. Now he is going to have a lower floor. The games where he doesn't get a rushing touchdown or, you know, doesn't have to throw much, um, you know, he's going to put up duds. So just be cautious with them, but certainly has QB one upside going forward. Yeah. I think there are still questions about him as a thrower that he obviously yeah. didn't answer um, in a limited time last week, but I, I totally agree. It's a low floor, but high enough ceiling situation to still be a top 12 option um, pretty much going forward because you might not just get one rushing touchdown. You might get two, um, you know, so I, I think that's he's squarely in play. All right. Out of these other guys, if you, if, you know, if you need another quarterback, you know, it shouldn't really, cause Stafford is the only prominent guy on by, but let's just say cam was already picked up uh, and you're choosing between Mac Jones going against the Falcons on Thursday, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo against the Jaguars, Baker against the lions, Tua at the Jets, Justin Fields, uh, home against Baltimore, Tyrod Taylor at Tennessee, uh, and Kirk Cousins against the suddenly surging Packers defense. Uh, Sean, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, out of those guys, uh, they're all available to more or less a 50% extent uh, in, in fantasy leagues. Does anyone kind of stand out there? Yeah, I think the two guys that stand out are Tua um, and Justin Fields. And you kind of call it last week with Tua, like, we, we weren't sure if he was actually not playing because he was injured. And sure enough, Jacoby Brissett gets hurt. Right. Tua comes in and looks totally fine. Um, so I think we, we can bank on Tua this week. He has an easy matchup against the Jets. Um, so I do think he has, you know, high-end QB2 upside here. And then Justin Fields, um, you know, he had a breakout game in week nine just before the bye. Um, he's been, you know, really good as a runner now. That's uh, four straight games with over 35 rushing yards. That's what I was looking for from him. And he broke out as a passer. He had 291 um, passing yards. Uh, Cole Komet looked really good. So, you know, if, if he can get going, that's great. He still has Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. So there's still QB1 upside there. Um, you know, I was bagging on him earlier in the season when he wasn't running. But now that it's kind of all coming together, I think he is one of those guys that you kind of want to take a flyer on. Because he does, he does have that QB one upside. So I like uh, playing him this week. Samantha, how about you? Uh, Mac Jones, Baker, Jimmy G, Tua, Fields, Taylor, Cousins. Who stands out? Yeah, I would like Cousins of that group. Though Cousins is probably the most rostered of uh, that whole list that you just named. Baker banged up. I know they don't expect him to miss time, but I could certainly see it impacting his play. I really do like Justin Fields at twenty five percent rostered, as Sean alluded to. Weeks eight and nine, he looked really strong. He tossed two touchdowns for the first time all season in week eight, and then had a career high 291 passing yards in week nine. So he'll have the bye and the Ravens defense, which is allowing an NFL high 283 passing yards per game. So that's definitely a good matchup. Mac Jones is interesting, certainly, but it's not a high volume situation. Like they were three touchdowns and zero interceptions last week, but he didn't even break 200 yards. So he's probably a little less intriguing to it. If he's healthy with the matchup, that is definitely someone that I would keep my eye on. And he is only 20 three percent rostered yeah i haven't like crunched the full numbers yet uh for the week 11 projections but uh, i agree after cam it's got to be 
Um, it, it's got to be Fields just because of that rushing upside. Um, and then I thought he played well under pressure um, against the Steelers, which was my main concern with him. Uh, you know, he was six to 10 under pressure for 83 yards. Uh, he had a, a pretty good grade from pro football focus uh, as well. And he was under pressure on 43% of his dropback. So uh, that is good news heading against the Ravens who like to dial up some crazy blitzes and whatnot. Uh, and then two, I mean, the Jets have been giving up 44 points a game over the last four games. So Tua, I think is definitely out of the more p- traditional passers, the guy that, that I'd be looking at. Cousins probably, I mean, I was watching that game very close because I had the Vikings. That was one of the best games I've ever seen Cousins played. I'm always worried about him kind of consistently replicating those performances. But um, so I'd probably still go Tua over him. But Cousins should, uh, is probably in third place just because I think the Packers will force him to be higher volume than like the Falcons with a guy like uh, Mac Jones. All right, uh, let's go to running back. Uh, you might have Daryl Henderson on by Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams as well. Uh, let's start in Atlanta in honor of Samantha, because we always like to, uh, you know, talk about uh, our guy Patterson and, and Mike Davis. But I'm from what it looks like, Patterson could miss this Thursday game uh, against the Patriots. Now, Samantha, uh, you mentioned that you were kind of ready to drop Mike Davis we- weeks ago. And lo and behold, when it kind of got out of hand, I don't know, were they auditioning Wayne Goldman? Like if Patterson misses this game, any interest in this Falcons backfield at all, or are we just kind of holding out till Sunday and looking for a better option? I think I would probably hold out till Sunday and wait for a better option only because I'm not sure that it's a good matchup against the Patriots defense. And I don't necessarily think it, it would be a crazy good game script for the run. So I'm um, not necessarily going out there and spending a lot of fab on Wayne Gallman. Yeah. RIP to Mike Davis, like Cordell Patterson is hurt and Mike Davis still can't muster more than like two fantasy points. So definitely disappointing there. John, any thoughts on now, how you would kind of project out this backfield, given there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, was it game script? Was it the injury? Either way, we saw Gallman with 15 carries when it was all said and done uh, leading the team. Yeah, I think, you know, the Goldman 15 carries is certainly because it was a blowout. Um, so maybe it's a good sign they're trying to protect Mike Davis. But either way, this is a mess. Um, hopefully Patterson suits up uh, this week and we don't have to decide between Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman. But that that kind of shows the state of uh, Mike Davis where we don't really know uh, if he's better than Wayne Gallman at this point. That's why, you know, Chris, I had to prod you last week because you said Mike Davis is the third best running back on the team. I was trying to figure out who the second was. Um, and it apparently is Wayne Gallman. Hey, so he, that's, Mike that's Davis is the third most productive running back in week number 10 for the Atlanta <laughs> Falcons. I, I wasn't yep. wrong. You were wrong. <laughs> now we know that Wayne Gallman is the number two. <laughs> no, I really, I really did work. Cause like, it just seemed almost like, okay, like, let's see if this Gallman guy, you know, can give us a boost here, you know, cause it, Mike Davis wasn't really involved even when the game was in, in, in doubt. So I don't know. I, it was, it was an odd situation, but Speaking of odd situations, uh, I'll start with you, Sean. How are you projecting the Titans backfield going forward? Because the second week in a row, Deontay Foreman outtouched Adrian Peterson and looked better doing it. So I think we came into, you know, when Peterson first got signed, thinking, hey, he's going to be the guy, you know. But remember, Foreman was with this organization last season. So he's, you know, Vrabel's familiar with him. And that seems to be carrying over both in usage and in productivity. 
with Foreman being the guy, you know, the most productive out of AP and, and Jeremy McNichols. Um, and maybe because the Titans keep winning, that's what's kind of holding McNichols back because he's the passing down back. But curious as to how your, your uh, usage is going to kind of break down in, in the projections uh, for this week. Yeah, these are the times I really miss Derrick Henry because it was so easy to project the Titans' backfield, just give him 30 carries and move on with life, right? Now we have to sit here and spend 30 minutes trying to figure them out. So thank you very much, Derek. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Foreman definitely looked like the best running back. Like he, he looked like Derrick Henry out there. I think he can handle a work, uh, you know, a heavy workload. Um, it just was a really tough matchup. We've been saying all year, you don't really want to start running backs against the saints and now they get the Texans this week. So I think this is going to be the ultimate test. And I am projecting Foreman as an RB three flex play this week. I think he has the best upside in both rushing and receiving ability. You know, he got two passes for 48 yards last week. So I think he's the back of these three that I'm, I'm willing to play. Um, and like you said, this, this probably won't be a Mick Nichols game script. I think going forward, if the Titans are, you know, heavy underdogs, that's going to be a Mick Nichols game, but this is a, a good spot for Foreman. And Peterson hasn't looked good enough to, to scare me off Foreman right now. So I think I'm, I'm going to be ranking Foreman as like a legit running back three this week. Samantha, uh, you know, where are you on Foreman here? He's only 3% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, you have some guys kind of competing with him for that waiver spot. You know, Jordan Howard's at 49%, but, you know, you could have Sanders back. There's still a three-way backfield. Ramondre Stevenson obviously broke out, but Harris could be back. That kind of clouds his, his outcome. Matt Breida, even if he gets more playing time, he still only had six touches. Um, and then, like you said, we don't really know what's going on with Davis and Gallman. So, how like is Foreman the number one waiver priority in, in a, as a ten point favorite? Uh, what do you think? Oh my goodness! I mean, he's definitely up there, and that's just a testament to how lean waivers are this week. Yes, he's three percent rostered, so he's widely available. I think he is worth a, worth a roster spot, especially in deeper leagues. To your point, he looked the best of the three. I like that a couple of weeks ago we were just like waffling over is it McNichols or Peterson, and the answer was neither. I don't think that any of us really thought that it was going to be an Adrian Peterson game with just like the matchup against the Saints. So certainly this could be an interesting game um, to see how this backfield shakes out when they're like heavy favorites and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think I would probably give an edge to Stevenson only because uh, I just really, really liked what I saw from him overall, 20 carries for hundred yards and two touchdowns. Like, yeah, Harris will probably come back this week or in the near term, but it's one of those things like you can't, put the genie back in the bottle. Like, I think that he showed something that's very, very great. And and almost like the mercurial nature of Bill Belichick might work in his favor in this sense, because he might want to ride the hot hand and give him a few more carries. So I would give a slight priority to uh, Stevenson, who's 32% rostered. And in terms of the Eagles backfield, I want no part of it. So especially if Miles Sanders is coming back. I just hope Stevenson doesn't like miss a meeting or something like that. <laughs> right, you know, because like, like, you, you should put the He's genie back in the waivers. bottle. Actually, <laughs> Bill Belichick has put the genie in, back in the bottle. His name is Jonas Gray. If you don't remember, yes. lick him up. Four um, touchdowns, right? And then and then never played again because because he missed a meeting like that that same week. Yep. Uh, all right, uh, Sean. Any thoughts on? Yeah, just how like how are you prioritizing waivers? Because I I mean I agree. I think I think Stevenson, if I can afford to if you know he's rostered about a third of weeks, right? So if yeah. I can afford it, if I don't need a starting back or somebody to play immediately um yes. with, with a high floor, I think I go Stevenson one. But if I'm kind of this might be my last gasp for the playoffs, I'm kind of I, I might go after Foreman here. Uh what do you think? 
Yeah, that's the way I'm viewing it. Uh, Foreman's the short-term ad. You could probably play him this week if you're desperate. You need a win. Uh, I forgot to mention, this is a revenge game, too. The Texans yep. are the team that gave up on him after he tore his Achilles. So uh, re- re- revenge game narrative all the way for Foreman this week. Um, whereas Stevenson, it, it could be a bit murky uh, when Damian Harris returns this week. But Stevenson obviously has the higher upside of the two long-term uh, because he proved that he can dominate the rushing and receiving work uh, in this Pats offense. So, um, yeah, I think Stevenson has RB2 potential down the road. We just don't know you know, what's going to happen this week. So he's the better long-term ad. Like if you're set for the playoffs, you don't really need a win this week or you're hurting at running back. You want to stash Stevenson for the long-term, whereas Foreman is a plug-and-play for this week. And then after that, we don't really know. All right, uh, let's get to the pass catchers quickly. Um, always kind of more availability there, so we don't need to spend too much mm-hmm. time on it. Uh, but Samantha, I just want to get your thoughts on kind of who, out of the the guys that made some noise or, or kind of are buzzing um, heading into week 11, who's your top priority? I mean, I think guys like Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman should be rostered. Um, they're not rostered everywhere they should be. So I'm, I'm more talking about guys like, you know, Ben Skaronic, Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, you know, Brian Edwards, um, maybe Robbie Anderson, if he got dropped, like, is, does anyone kind of stick out as that, that could potentially be like consistent um, going forward? Well, Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard are 46 and 34% rostered. So, and with the buy, they could have been dropped in some leagues. So I would definitely check to see if they are available. I think that they would be on the higher end of the priority. It's not a great week either for the pass catchers. Jamal Agnew at 9% rostered could be yes. interesting. Um, definitely has had a good number of targets. He is 9% rostered. Brian Edwards at 18% rostered, like you mentioned, a little bit less consistent just because he laid a goose egg in week nine. So it's a a little bit more complicated to project his like production versus Hunter Renfro, who's seeing like seven to eight targets a game. Um, So those are the guys that I think I would probably put in that first tier. Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith, and Deontay Harris are all kind of like in that next year, I'm not sure that, I mean, I'm actually not sure. I'm pretty sure that uh, Trevor Simeon cannot sustain three fantasy relevant uh, receivers in perpetuity. So it may be a little bit difficult to to guess which one of those you want. Maybe you want Callaway as like the upside guy, but uh, those would be the guys that I guess I would be targeting at the under 50% rostered mark. I think Elijah Moore and Rashad Bateman are like just over that mark. John, any thoughts here? I mean, I think we've been doing pretty good on this podcast and, and kind of pulling out some of these obscure guys. I, I, I actually did remember mentioning Foreman uh, w- that first week saying mm-hmm. he might lead the team in carries. I know you like were singing Deontay Harris's praises last mm-hmm. week and he had a, a pretty good game. So uh, yeah, any of those names kind of stand out to you for people kind of looking uh, for some, for some, you know, help on the, the wire this week, you're going to have, uh, you know, all those Rams receivers out and, and all those Broncos yeah. guys out. Yeah. So, I mean, any league where Kadarius Tony is available, add him just because he has wide receiver two upside. It might be a, a roller coaster of a ride, but uh, he should not be available anywhere. Uh, but yeah, I, I I like Deontay Harris. And, um, you know, he's the kind of guy where as long as he's getting playing time, he's going to be a, a kind of a target monster. Um, but the, the past three games, he's only ran around 45 to 50% of the time because he's coming back from injury. So, you know, he could ramp up to closer to 70% that we saw earlier in the season and be a five catch a game guy. So he's, he's a good flyer to, to add in like full PPR leagues, deeper leagues. Um, but he has, you know, he has limited upside because like Samantha said, how, how much value can a guy like Trevor Simeon even provide? Uh, but I, I do think 
Harris is sneaking PPR formats. And yeah, you know, I'm not willing to give up on Robbie Anderson quite yet. So if he was dumped in one of your leagues, Adam, uh, we'll see how this goes with Cam Newton. I wouldn't say start Robbie Anderson yet, uh, but he's one of those guys where he has wide receiver three upside. So just Adam, stash him on your bench. Um, he at least has that upside I like to have on my bench. Uh, and, you know, he's kind of a wait and see guy. Yeah, I, I like, you know, I think Agnew is another one. I think he needs mm-hmm. to be rostered everywhere. We've talked about him too. Um, so yep. uh, I think he should be rostered because they're using him as a kind of a de facto running back. Uh, and and I'll, I'll, I'll actually give Brian Edwards some props. Uh, we've kind of come to the conclusion that, you know, you, you like you, you look at him against certain coverages, like when it's like a zone heavy team, he doesn't play as well. But against man coverage, he, he actually plays well and I think without Henry Ruggs, we should at least roster him, give him another game or two, even if it's on your bench, um, because he, it's possible he could just be more involved, you know, against all coverages now, especially after Deshaun Jackson just kind of, I don't know what he was doing out there. <laughs> that <laughs> was the play game. of the week. Right. I don't just, care what anybody yeah, says. Yeah, it was just catch a long pass, flip the ball around. <laughs> and like, I mean, I don't know. But, so, uh, catch yeah. a long pass, stop, forget where you are, turn around, and then pitch the other team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's like, that's like pressing the wrong button in Madden. Like, Oh, wait, wait, read do over, do over. Um, do you guys have any interest in Kendrick Bourne? He is 7% rostered and no, 98 yards and a touchdown. Okay. <laughs> sweet, sweet Kendrick it's... Bourne. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think he's, he's going to be kind of volatile week to week. Like, it, the, like, as you mentioned, it's a low volume situation. The Patriots uh, are, you know, good game planners, but, and I love that cat. Did you see that catch he made for the touchdown? I mean, that was, that was a catch and a crazy throw. But yeah, I just don't know how much he can replicate it. So yeah, he he would kind of be down down the list for me. It's a DFS play. Um, and happy to see Jacoby Myers score his first NFL yes. touchdown. Congrats, Jacoby. It's long overdue. Fifty-three man celebration after <laughs> Jacoby Myers scored his first TD. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Tonight, we'll talk Monday Night Football, Rams 49ers. Sean, start us off with your prize pick a weed entry for tonight's matchup between the Rams and Niners. So I'm going with Van Jefferson to go over 43 and a half receiving yards tonight. Uh, I'm projecting him closer to 50 and a half, and even that might not be high enough uh, because we're not sure how much Odell Beckham's going to even be able to play tonight. You know, he was just signed, probably doesn't have a firm grasp of the playbook. So Van Jefferson, um, ever since, you know, Robert Woods suffered a season-ending injury, Van Jefferson is probably the number two receiver tonight and one of the most potent passing offenses in the league. Uh, so I think we're just getting this at a steal tonight. Uh, ben Skronik might play a ton at receiver tonight. Probably not going to draw too many targets. So even more for Van Jefferson. He's a big play waiting to happen. So a receiving prop like this, like he can clear in just one or two catches. But I think he's a good bet for four or five uh, grabs tonight. So love the over 43 and a half receiving yards for Van Jefferson tonight. This is his spot, Van Jefferson. Uh, for me, I'm going with Brandon Ayuk under 45 and a half receiving yards. He's only cleared this number once all season. I haven't projected at 40, and that's even with playing uh, 93% of the snaps, which is kind of where he's been at these last two weeks. Uh, he's just not a consistent guy that we can rely on for production week in and week out, especially against a, a good Rams pass defense that uh, it's going to get a lot of pressure. You know, I don't know if they're going to be able to get the ball, you know, into that intermediate range for Ayuk because you have Von Miller, you have that right side of the San Francisco line in flux with McGlinchey going down. So I just think it's going to be tough to get the ball to him. And uh, good time to kind of sell high on Brandon Ayuk coming off the 89-yard game last week. So Brandon Ayuk under 45 and a half. 
for me. That's our prize pick elite entry for tonight's Monday night football matchup between the 49ers and the Rams. As a reminder, prize pick markets do move, so you want to get on it quick in order to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize pick account yet, check out the link in our episode description, and they will match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. All right, now back to the show. Uh, all right, let's quickly uh, wrap it up here with tight end. You're, if you had Tyler Higby or Noah Fant, those are the two guys you're looking to replace. Uh, Samantha, who are your top uh, priorities under 50% uh, for this week? Yeah, it's going to be Dan Arnold at 26% rostered. He's been really solid for fantasy. And unlike a lot of tight ends that are extremely touchdown dependent, he actually has not found the, t- the end zone this year. So he's doing it based on volume alone, which is really, really great in terms of like stable production. I feel like he will get you like nine or 10 fantasy points each week, which is more than enough that you can ask for from the position. Tyler Conklin at 30% rostered. He popped off in week 10 with a pair of touchdowns. Only three catches and 11 yards, so that's not super, super impressive, but I think he still will have streaming potential this week. And then the last person that I'll mention is Evan Ingram at 32% rostered, might have been dropped. I mean, maybe a deeper league type situation, but Sterling Shepard did leave that last game with a quad injury and not sure if he's going to play. So if they're really lean at receiver, we could definitely see another Evan Ingram game. Yeah, yeah, I love uh, I love Conklin and Arnold. Uh, Arnold and Conklin, actually, in that order. Um, Sean, uh, you've you've been singing the praises of both of those guys. Yep. Uh, so I'm guessing those are your kind of two guys you're looking for. Absolutely, yeah. Th- so they were my two cheat codes uh, for DFS la- last week. Both 3,500. Uh, their their floor is way too high uh, to be overlooked any longer. So yeah, Conklin. Uh, you know, he tied his season high in routes run last week, 78. percent uh, he's the real deal, um, and um, I expect this to continue. And then Dan Arnold, I mean, we've been talking about him for over a month now. Uh, and like Samantha said, he has a he has a high weekly floor. I mean, he gets you five catches for 50 yards every week. The touchdowns are going to come, so we, we have yet to see his ceiling. Uh, Dan Arnold's my tight end 10 uh, to begin the week, so he's now a top 10 tight end, according to my model. I think he got a two-point conversion, if I'm not mistaken. Last not season. as good as a touchdown, but it shows he can catch ball. Yeah, no, that's what down, I mean. Which... Like, yeah, he can he can do that, <laughs> though we haven't seen yeah. it. But uh Dan Arnold, that's our guy. That's like our flagship tight end for this podcast. Ever so. since the Saints, <laughs> I mean, you started talking about him. Yeah, man. It was years like ago, tight end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> years like ago, that. even uh tuned yeah. his horn. Yeah, yeah. Not not Juwan Johnson though, but oh, <laughs> 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 uh, all right. That's gonna wrap it up for our week eleven waiver podcast presented by Prize Picks. Samantha Praviti, thanks for joining us. Uh, Tell the people uh, what you're up to and where they can find you. Thanks so much for having me again. You can find me on Twitter at SamanthaNFL and my weekly waivers, start sit, mailbag column, and worryometers where I talk about injuries and kind of things that you need to look out for heading into the weekend. And you can also catch Samantha as well as Sean and myself on our live show, Convince Me. Uh, which is every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Action Network HQ Twitter handle. If you're into betting, if you're into uh, player props, uh, it's a pretty fun show where we give uh, our best bets and Samantha gives you a ton of uh, useful fantasy information uh, that's uh, break, you know, from the morning's news. So be sure to check that out as well. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore Ozmaker. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app. You can find our fantasy football content rankings, projections at actionnetwork.com and our 
DFS content tools and models at fantasylabs.com. Till next time, let's get this money.